So we've we've moved into her now having changed her hair to blue. So we are full in second act with the blue hair. And it's at this point that not only is he dating her officially and has not yet broken up with knives, but he is now in full relationship committed with Ramona. This is where that kind of bad crossover occurs in his moral judgment. And it's also at this point where we shift into another color theme, which is sort of a black with a little bit of a white highlight to it, but mostly black. And it's uh, Scott's wearing a black shirt with a skull on it. And we move into Lucas Lee. But before we move into Lucas Lee, is there anything that you noticed that popped out before we get to our second evil X? This was one of those parts where it's a lot of little details. That shirt you're talking about with the skull. Mm-hmm. When I looked at it in passing, I was like, is that a Space Invaders t-shirt? But it's not. I thought that too. Yeah, I thought that. That was the first thing I thought because it had a very 8-bit look on it. But then when he turned around, it was... You know, clearly a a skull. Yeah. I was trying to make some references there. It was almost like an eight bit Punisher logo. Right, right, right. But you can buy that T shirt. Yeah, but before or after though? Like, is that a reference to the movie now, or is that a reference to something else? So yeah, there's a website where it goes into all the T shirts in the movie. Hmm. Uh, and this is apparently considered uh, arguably the most famous of all the Scott Pilgrim shirts out there because it was quite a popular shirt before the film was released. Originally, Diesel Sweeties didn't actually sell the Ringer version of this shirt. The Scott Pilgrim team asked for permission to create it because the shirt was in the comic books as a Ringer tee. Only after the film was released, or possibly slightly before due to the hype it was getting, did Diesel Sweeties do a run of Ringer Pixel Skull t-shirts. Oh, okay. So it was in the style of something else that was created specific to the movie that Ringer Tees then picked up after the fact. Is Ringer Tees a company? No idea. But I'm going off of what you're saying. It sounds sounds like sounds like they, they copied a style and then went back to the thing that they copied the style from and then they picked up the style and oh, ran with it. I think Ringer is the style of the T shirt. Okay. I mean if if you if you look if you Google Ringer T, you'll see I think that's a style of T shirt. Okay. Because it's basically a solid color shirt and then the trims at the collar and the at the ends of the arms of the t-shirt are a different color. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. With some type of logo. Interesting. So, so okay. Ringer T is apparently a style of shirt. And the Pixel Skull, I don't know where the Pixel Skull comes from, unless it comes from the, the book. Well, I know where it's going to come from for me. It's going to come from this particular um, company. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. All right, let's move forward. For me. For you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the color notes here are the black shirt and the fact that he has a blue hoodie. And that blue hoodie complements Ramona's blue hair. And and we know that they are together and that they are in full blue swing. And we will look at the, the sort of symbolism of blue. We're talking about a period of emotional turmoil and perseverance. When we, when we talk about symbolism involved, that's, that is kind of what the blue is going to call towards. And that sure enough does define the second act. And we are the beginning of the second act and the two are wearing blue colors. And I'm not sure how intentional that was, but it feels like the coloration throughout the movie is very intentional, depending on where we are, what's going on, what emotion is being highlighted in the moment. I think we'll see a lot more of that. Uh, I think as, go ahead. Did we skip over the breakup with knives? We've not gotten to the breakup with knives. Well, we don't get introduced to her blue hair color until after the breakup. Right. Right. 
I think that occurs after their first second date. It happens between the the first date and the when she comes over to watch them play. Right. Right, right, right. He, he takes knives to the music store, I think. I wanted to invite right. you over for dinner. Like Chinese food? To meet my parents. It's my birthday dinner. I think that's a really bad idea. No, it's okay. Why? I'm too old for you. No, you're not. My dad's nine years older than my mom. Are you even allowed to date outside your race or whatever? I don't care. Right after she says, I'm... I'm in... Love. The word love comes out, and then he waves it away. Like it's a fart in the air. That was... <laughs> that that part to me when I first saw that in the theater was so funny. It, oh my god! Yeah, it, yeah, it just, just hit him like, oh, I do not want this right now. Uh, well, and, yeah, and, yeah, like it's this foul thing. Oh, it's so hilarious! It's it's uh, it, it it's it's really interesting how they how they accentuate the point that as he's fallen in love with Ramona, he's sort of falling out of love with knives, but he's not. And I'd say love, love very weakly. He wasn't really in love with her. Yeah, but he's falling out of relationship. I mean, he's not in lesbians with her. Let's put no, it that he's way. He's definitely not in lesbians. And and, uh, and and you see them playing video games together. And initially, they do great because they have that thing in common. They're playing the video game Ninja Ninja Revolution, which I have to imagine is a throwback to Dance Dance Revolution, which had the foot pads and you know the. You had to do all the movements in accordance with the game. Yeah, that looks like an exhausting game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And at one point, you know, when he's just not into it, the game's counting down to continue. And she's asking him if he wants to continue. Yeah. And it's counting down to one. And he's kind of like, uh, and he doesn't come out, you know, you're like, this is the perfect opportunity. You know, he's in that place where he knows he needs to, but it's hard. And this is where he's kind of morally weak. Yeah. And then, and Wallace is even saying, you got to break up with your fake girlfriend. He's like, it's hard. Hard. Yeah. And, and he has the plate of bacon. You got to break up with your girlfriend or I swear to God, I will tell, I will tell Ramona that you are dating a, and the, a, and a the high thing schooler. Is, if he's with the girl of his <laughs> dreams, why is that hard? It's hard to hurt people. It's hard because it's conflict, and that's something that he has problems with. He has problems with conflict. It shows his immaturity. He has problems. It does, and this is one of those things that is cool because you know the movie shows him growing in that regard. You know, so there's some good conflict. There's, there's good contrast between the who he is at the beginning of the movie and who he is at the end. There's a particular note there where he has to take on the Nega Ninja, right? Nega Ninja, which is a duplicate of him himself. In the game, and and that's really hard. And he and he just lets it kill him. He's just like, I, it's like well, I can't he beat this guy. Let it. It just, he's yeah. Just, it just it just kicks his ass. Well, he he doesn't even try. He's like, I can never get past him. So why bother? Well, yeah, but he does try. It's just it kicks his ass. He just says, I can never get no, past it, that guy. He doesn't move. He does nothing. <laughs> he literally just stands there. He doesn't move his feet or anything. And then the Nega Ninja like kicks his head off, which was awesome. That's an interesting point, because I, I thought that, that he tried playing the game, but you're right. I guess he doesn't move, and it just kicks his ass, and he just lets it. He's just kind of he, wallowing in the fact, like, oh, I, I can never get past this guy. But the interesting thing is that, that 
when we get to the end of the movie, and it's something that you don't realize until you wrap back around and watch it a second time. And that's what's cool about this movie. There are there second time perks to watching this movie. That this is one of them. You realize that the the Nega Ninja is him, and it's the worser parts of him that he doesn't like to face. And the worser parts of him are him having to break up with knives and having trouble with that and him making correct moral decisions and him dealing with his past and the relationships he's had. He can never get past it. But the problem is, like you said, he never tries and it kicks him in the ass. And that's not something you realize in the first watch. Yeah. Now, this is one of those movies, like you said, that it it has, what do you call it? Rewatch perks or second second time perks. Yeah, rewatch. And there's... Mm -hmm. You do have to watch it a couple times to really pick up. I mean, like I've watched it probably at least a dozen times, and I'm still mm-hmm. picking up new things. Yeah, yeah. So am I. And having watched it again, 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 only this time paying attention to all the little details, like we do with with Ready Player One. So much popped out that I completely missed. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm excited to get to the next thing because <laughs> there's so much shit that pops out. Do you want to Do you want to jump to the Lucas Lee? Sure, but first we got to talk about how garlic bread and makes you fat. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk. I've eaten so much garlic bread. I've eaten so much garlic bread. Uh, well, it's delicious. <laughs> what what could be bad about it? Oh, so at, also at this point, when he's on his second date with Ramona, let's not get mm-hmm. too too far away. This is when it's revealed that his last haircut was like three hours before the big breakup, which was 431 days ago. Right. <laughs> I I just thought this was so characteristic of juvenile dating when they're talking and he's she says he says something about that he doesn't do drugs unless she does them in which case he does them all the time uh that's when they're walking to the castle yeah hilarious yeah well it's i think it's it's one of those things that when you're in love you're kind of in those initial stages you just say the dumbest shit because you're love drunk yeah and you and you want you want to have so much in common with the person you're with Mm -hmm. that even if it's something that is just completely the polar opposite of who you are, you know, it's like, um, I, I love murder. <coughs> I love murdering people. You, t- you love murdering people. Me too. Unless you don't, in which case I hate murdering people. Yeah. Otherwise, ugh. yeah. Uh, ugh, murderers. <laughs> so anyway, so they get, <laughs> yeah. they get to the castle and they're there. They run into walls and they're watching the filming of a movie with Lucas Lee in it. And yeah. Do we want to talk about the our our drink choices now? Well, uh, let's uh, let's introduce the character first. But anyway, so th- let's introduce the character. Right. So anyway, this is one of the more blatant exhibitions of the number appearing X. ahead of yep. the, the X. You have Lucas Lee's bus is number two, and he's wearing a shirt that has a num- number two on it. The car right. that he drives has the number two on it. Right. How many X's does he have on the uh, on his uh, on his belt belt buckle? He had two X's. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. There are two X's on his belt buckle. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And his skateboard. Some people point this out as like it's got the two, it's got the the two L's on it in reverse, and like it's apparently supposed to be a reference to the two. Actually, you know what? That makes sense because look at his look at his look at the name Lucas Lee. Two L L. Yeah. Two L's backwards. So, interesting. And go Okay, go on. He's got the number two tattooed on his neck. Somebody had mentioned that the tattoo was like a, the Tibetan two. Yeah, that's what I thought I'd read too, but yeah. But yeah, the, the door to his uh, bus or whatever. Also has a two on it. It has two L's and, and a two. And 
He also says that it's going to take him two minutes to kick Scott Pilgrim's ass. I missed that. Oh, good catch. (laughs) Good catch. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, you got it. Nice. So why did you pick for your Lucas Lee drink? Okay, so for Lucas Lee, I poured myself a small shot of Crystal Skull Vodka, and the relationship here is that Crystal Skull Vodka was also made by a movie star, Dan Aykroyd. And we are also celebrating the white skull on his black shirt. So, cheers. Slange. Slange. So. Oh, fuck balls. Oof. You don't sound like you're enjoying yourself. And this is the first time I've um, had it. Um, uh, that's actually, it's almost sweet, but it's not purposefully sweet. I think it's just, um, I bet this tastes good in something with something added to it. I don't drink very often. <laughs> I've got a liquor cabinet that has liquor that's so old in it. I'm more of a collector than a drinker. So this is actually my first time trying a number of these. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you if that's smooth, but I think it's better than 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 the rum I had. Okay. Better than the Captain Morgan. It's certainly not abrasive. Again, I don't have much to compare it to. But I will by the end of this review. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there are tons of two references I, I here. I didn't get to tell you my drink. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What's your drink? Man. So what I picked for this one, and sticking with the whiskey theme, I picked the Napogue Castle 14-year-old Twin Wood. Because of the castle? Because of the castle and because mm-hmm. it's the marriage of 14-year-old single malts aged in two types of wood. Right. So it's the marriage of 14-year-olds? No. It's 14-year-old okay. spirit aged in two different types of wood. So he's the second evil X, and you get two types of wood. Okay. Oh, I get you. And uh, what's two times seven? Two times seven is 14. There you go. 14 years. Totally unrelated, but I like it. Seven deadly Xs. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. There you go. <laughs> so that's Lucas Lee, who, who also is, he plays Captain America in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I thought this was a this was a pretty freaking cool fight scene. Like this again, over the top fight scene, and uh, I like the fact that they use stunt doubles to kind of handle some of the fighting there. Although I didn't count the stunt doubles, there were seven of them. Oh, at least I at least I counted seven, but they all look the same. Yeah, it gets a little. Yeah, just count the heads and subtract one for Pilgrim. And of course, Wallace is there in order to scream fight. And again, I stand by this idea that Wallace is his conscience. Like, his conscience has to tell him it's okay to fight. And Wallace should be before rather... he's allowed to fight. Wallace is there to basically, you know, drool over Lucas Lee. So for right. him to say, right. you know, fight, <laughs> is that's an interesting thing there. I could have just, right. I don't have anything more eloquent to say other than that. It, and that's really, I, I, you know, when you wonder why I, he leaves 60 minutes later into, 60 minutes into his date, they leave, much as Wallace said that he would. He says, if things don't go well, I'll see you at the castle in 60 minutes. And they literally show, like, they jump 15 minutes, they're eating bread, you know, 45 minutes, he's strumming on the guitar for her, and then they talk about hair, and then boom, he's out the door, and it's at 60 minutes, right? And... 
you could have had any number of reasons why Wallace should be anywhere else. But he says, meet me at the castle. That's where I'll be looking for Lucas Lee. And I guess that sets up for a location where they could go. Uh, It's just interesting, though, because he's there and he's like, evil X, fight. And now he's allowed to fight. That's when, you know, the ass kickery begins. But uh, yeah, so I I enjoyed that fight scene. But I like the fact that, that it was on a dare that he's using. It's not just your typical fight scene. It's using... The person against uh, themselves, uh, yeah. and in this case, it's vanity. He didn't actually defeat him; he outsmarted him. Right, and uh, you realize, like in a clear in a clear fight, in a clear brawl, he's not going to win. So he has to find an alternate method to beating him, and it is to outsmart him. It's to use his vanity against himself, which he, uh, you know, decides to throw in the skateboard and do that thingy on that rail over there. It's called a grind, brah. <laughs> you are a pretty good actor. I'm going for the Oscar this year. But are you a pretty good skater? A more than pretty good, I say. I have my own skate company. Can you do a thingy on that rail? It's called a grind, bro. So can you do a grindy thingy now? Are you serious? There are like 200 steps and the rails are garbage. Well, hey, if it's too hardcore. You really think you can goad me into doing a trick like that? There are girls watching. Somebody get me my board. Hi. Big fan. Why wouldn't you be? (laughs) Wanna grind that rail? (laughs) There are girls around. (laughs) <laughs> That's with his head whips. Whoosh, looks at the girls. Whoosh, looks back. Wow. <laughs> and then he's going down and it's like hits like 160, 170 miles per hour. Just did every level. It's like wow. 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 And then a like nuclear explosion at the end of the rail. Forgot to get his autograph. And I love the fact that, you know, 2,000 points, like every every evil X is also counted in coins. And thus, when he explodes, it's an explosion of coins. That death in this film is communicated in coins is awesome. And, and nobody is batting an eyelash at these people dying. Exploding into coins. Because remember, when the first one explodes, it's 1,000 points, which actually ends up to be $2.40. And as it turns out, bus fares $2.70. Yep. And that was the actual bus fare at that time. Right. Oh, did you look that up? Yeah, I found it on some site that like that was the actual bus fare. What, what, what was that time when we talk about that time? Like what, when the thing was filmed. We're talking about 2004? Or 2003. Wait, did I get that right? When I'm thinking I'm confusing it with the book. When was it filmed? Uh, it came out in 2010, but it was it was in post for a long time. I gotcha. But okay, so $2.70 was the going rate at the time the film was filmed. Right on. So, but 1,000 points equals $2.40. So when we reach the end of this, I want to have calculated how much money he had made killing all the bosses. But we will get there. So 
anything that we need to cover before we get to Todd? Let's see. So before we get to Todd, Scott gets the phone call from Envy Adams. Right. So he's in his apartment and they're kind of doing this like weird panning shot. And you see all these photos of Scott and Envy in like one of those like Uh photo booth type things. And what's interesting about that is from when they start the panning, they're like happy in the picture and they're whatever. By the end, she gets up and leaves and he's got this like confused look on his face. So those pictures are showing the progression of their relationship. (sighs) Nice. Well paid attention. I missed that. Very good pickup. And those pictures actually don't exist on that wall. That was that was a obvious like added because he wouldn't have those pictures on his wall at that point. Right. And and, and one of the things that I that really kind of I guess was a really nice touch was that Wallace understands just how much of a kick in the teeth her calling him is because when he answers the phone and it's envy. You feeling that's for you, gay? Hey. Hey, Scott. Envy? Oh, shit. Been a while. Like, he understands how much of a pain this is going to be for Scott. Right. He's been there through it with him. He's felt it himself. She whose name shall not be spoken. He's sensitive to that fact. Even his sister, who is, who treats him like a douche, understands that, like, saying her name is this awful trigger. Right. I think we've all been there before. Interesting foreshadowing. After the fight with Lucas Lee, mm-hmm. it pans to the moon Yep, with a giant crater in the left-hand side. And I hadn't noticed it until this most recent watching when I reviewed it, that, that there is this foreshadowing. And again, you have this rewatch capability because you, do, you don't know how relevant the moon is until you hear the backstory for Todd. So is this, is, is this a good time to break into Todd? There's a few things that get in the way before we see Todd. Oh, this is true, right, right. So Scott is kind of walking down the streets and, like, thinking about shit. And then there's that scene where he's, like, walking down the middle of the street and there's all these X's around. And then he, and that turns into this thing that kind of sets him off. And he realizes he's got the X-Men patch on and he throws it to the ground. And then he comes across, uh, somebody is flying past him and he punches her in the boob. And he's like, I don't want to deal with this right (laughs) now. Just go away. And... That eventually turns in, turns out to be Roxy, which is number four. Mm-hmm. But that actress is Mae Whitman, who starred in Arrested Development with Michael Sarah playing Scott Pilgrim. Interesting, interesting. And they were they were sort of love interest in that show. I missed that. I'm gonna have to kick back to that show because uh, I did not know that. That's a good pickup. Yeah, you're right. There are those X's that come up in the street. It's uh, the five signs above, and then. Uh, the signs flanking in white and black. Interesting key point here for his first interaction with Envy Adams uh, when they're at the coffee bar. She is wearing white. And in in this situation, white is heavy. She's wearing the same thing every time. Yeah, well, exactly. She's standing in front of a poster of her band wearing the same thing that's in the poster of her band. It's like she fucking popped out of the poster. That was the scene where it's like, Ah, oh, what the hell does he say? And you know, I, I know it's early, but I, I don't think anything can get in the way of how I shit. <laughs> and I find it interesting because all of the conversations between him and Envy Adams sounds like her envying him for dating Ramona Flowers. Yeah. 
but you yeah. know, should I be jealous? Oh, you know, it's it, it, it. The name kind of matches the persona in the moment, and it's appropriate to her name, Natalie. Why? Why so? Natalie begins with an N, and NV sounds like that's letters N and V. Uh, and I, okay. And I think okay. her middle initial is supposed to be V. Yeah, it's it's Natalie Natalie V Adams NV. Oh, good fucking pickup. Very nice. Wow. Yeah, that's that is really interesting. Uh huh. That that's a trip, man. But uh themed out here, a lot of white. A lot of white with black trim. And we see that when they go to the show. The first notice that I found of three appearing, I don't know if you picked up mm-hmm. on this, but when they're looking at that, I guess it was like the poster or like the ad for the show being played. There are three right. question marks used each time the question marks are used. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's cool. But that was that was le- uh, there are- that was less obvious than Todd's shirt. I've got another one that's less obvious. Okay. Uh young Neil is wearing a shirt with three boxes in it. I did notice the shirt. And it's very subtle. It's just it's just it's just three boxes kind of crammed together. But you're all right though. That's there's that uh the, the three is sort of bespeckled through. And and I guess that's the point where we get to Todd, isn't it? Yeah, we are now at Todd, who Brandon Routh, Brandon Ruth, I forget how you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. but uh, he played Superman in a series in one of the Superman movies. Okay. And what's interesting about that is that he played a superhero in a DC Comics property, and the actress playing Envy Adams, Brie Larson, is going to be in Captain Marvel as Captain Marvel. Interesting. Oh, okay, cool. That's that's kind of a neat pop up. And to be quite honest with you, I, I I I get it now, but I would never have placed the two as far as characters, screen characters were concerned, because they look dramatically different in the two movies. And maybe that's an age thing, might be a makeup thing. Okay, so what alcohol did you choose for Todd? Okay, so Todd he has his special vegan powers because he's a vegan. He does right. He's better than everyone else. I had a couple options here. My first one was Powers Irish Whiskey, because he's got the special powers. Okay. But then I was looking around, and I found out about this vodka called Three Vodka. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And it's made from soy. <sighs> That's fucking phenomenal. Wow, that nails it. That's way better than what I chose. Oh, what did you do? I chose a, uh, a deadhead rum, and my rationale was vegans can drink it. <laughs> They can pretty much drink any. Uh, of yeah, these like things. most. Well, not beers because of the yeast. Well, uh, you know, beers. Strangely enough, in the ferment- fermentation process, gelatin, animal proteins, fish proteins, milk, or egg proteins are used in the fermentation process for a lot of beers. Interesting. But as far as uh, like a, a grain alcohols are concerned, not so much. But that's that's really as far as my logic gotcha. went. And had I really thought about it, I probably could have used the Crystal Skull vodka. Because it is a triple purified through uh, Herkimer Diamonds. Oh, you've mentioned that stuff before. Mm-hmm. All right. So, cheers, my deadhead rum and your... Uh, Three vodka. Oh, this is my... What? No good? Oh, no, this is great. This is my favorite. Like this... If you've ever had those like old person rum candies, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The little yellow rum candies? Sure. That's what this tastes like, only without the sugar. Got it. Real fucking good. So the the other threes that appeared were on the trash barrels while they're fighting. 
Oh, I didn't see that. How did I miss that? He was in the last, of course, you know, he's punched up into the sky. He comes down. This is when we get the backstory where, you know, they dated. He had to go to vegan school. They broke up, but that he punched a hole in the moon, a crater in the moon for her. And again, that harkens back to the transition after Lucas Lee and the foreshadowing with the moon and the giant fucking crater in it. But in that last moment where he gets picked up and thrown against the wall, he gets thrown through three walls, yep. three layers of walls before he lands on the table with the coffee. Mm-hmm. I picked up on that. And as then, well. of course, that's when he serves up, he uses he uses mental trickery to outsmart him and uh, serve him up dairy cream in his coffee rather than the uh, soy cream. So, again, like this is another example of him using his his wit to outsmart. Yeah. The, the foe. He even tried to use his guitar. Like I like that there was like a music fight scene almost, and he couldn't beat him at that. Like he's trying different angles. Yeah. Oh, speaking Love of the that. guitar, um, one of the other things I learned about this movie was that Michael Sarah, I believe, is a, mm-hmm. apparently an accomplished guitar player. And so when he was playing for the movie, he had to dumb mm-hmm. down his abilities. He had to like act like he wasn't as good as he really is. Huh. That's interesting. That's interesting because you needed that in that guitar war. It needed to show that that Todd was a much better guitarist as well. So yeah, I, I can see where you'd need to make that obvious. But that's cool. I didn't know that. Another another interesting tidbit. I also thought the part with the vegan police was pretty funny. And, and then as <laughs> what is that from? Where did those two guys? What is? I don't it know. Felt where like that from, was a but what that point where they leave and then they just kind of like they're walking to the car and then they just kind of jump and go like yeah. It's so silly and stupid. It's funny. Yeah. Um, did we get the white shirt that Todd has on that has the big three on it? I thought we already mentioned it, but yeah, that one was quite obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Super obvious. Uh, and also, again, a, a pitch to the color white. Again, it, every one of these, every one of these evil X's has a theme, has a coloration, and it, it encompasses the entire theme. You know, if it's not if it's not the white on the shirts, the white in the jacket, you know, or uh, the fact that there's a high contrast in black and white for some of the outfits, there's the use of white cream in the coffee. Yep. You know, it's it's there's this this uh, really interesting how the movie tries to make these themes and these symbols pr- ever present within those moments. Uh, okay. All right. So we've burned through that. Uh, things that aren't vegan that might surprise you. Because we can see how it would be confusing for somebody who is vegan to make a mistake, such as gelato. It's milk and eggs, bitch. You know, it's, that's eggs and milk, bitch. But um, chicken parmesan. Yeah, double, painfully, double whammy. Uh, <laughs> that's not vegan. So things that are not vegan that might surprise you. Vegetable soup, not vegan. Vegetable, why is that? Why, 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 why? Yeah. It oftentimes includes pasta that contains egg whites. Oh, no shit. And we had already mentioned beer and that there are different fermentation processes that utilize different animal proteins. But uh, Altoids, also not vegan. What's in the Altoids? Gelatin. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No shit. A a lot of rice is not vegan, as well as uh, some salt. Interesting. Animal calcium. In order to to make rice appear more white and uh, salt to appear more white, a little bit of bone is ground in as a almost like a white powder dye to make it well, look more pure. I mean, gelatin it comes from bone. 
Well, yeah, it does. It does. It's the difference between the white calcium part versus the gelatinous part. Uh, soy cheese. Because they use some sort of cultures that come from animals to create. They do. It has casein. It has casein, which is found in mammal milk. Yeah. Casein. Yeah. Veggie burgers are often for vegetarians, but not for vegans because it also uses eggs as a binder. Man, it'd be tough to be a vegan. Ovo lacto vegetarian, perhaps. Well, yeah, precisely, but not pure vegan. Refried beans often has lard in it. That one I knew about because Ah. that um, when you go out to dinner with somebody who won't eat certain animal products, they know a lot about what has animal product in it. Yeah, you almost have to. It's like you'd have to carry something around with you to to really stick to it because it can be hard sometimes. Uh, Gummy bears and Skittles. Yeah, and condiments too. I'm on the same site you are. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, condoms. Con- oh, then you saw that, huh? Andrew, I didn't even hit the condiments part. Yeah, but not yeah. surprising. What's in the condiments? Uh, condiments can be tricky because they may have mayonnaise in it, and mayonnaise has egg. I, I get you. I get you. Okay, so all right. Yep, yep. I can see that. So really interesting. And uh, at the end, when Todd is defeated, he gets three thousand coins. Which is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. You could go to McDonald's and um, you could buy a really nice uh, meal. Yeah. Or you can take the bus a couple ways. Yeah. That's true. Right. I'm going to pause right here so I can just use the use the head for a second. You've, you've got to reduce the P bar? I do. Very much so. Because okay. we started recording so early, I hadn't finished my coffee yet. So yeah. uh-huh. give, give me a little bit longer than it took Scott Pilgrim. All right, I'll, I'll do the. Yeah, there you go. As your P bar goes down. My P bar has been depleted. <laughs> All right, so I was just reviewing the P bar part <laughs> with the blue hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, of course, this is before the scott bit where we get into the band right Uh, interesting thing though uh when scott wakes up before heading out to meet up with the band this is a little bit before todd when he wakes up uh you know he wakes up wallace who then wakes up the other guy who then wakes up the other guy so there are in bed before todd there are three other guys with with scott three's company and it's interesting because, again, where we have these numbers sort of persisting, when we were after Lucas Lee and he wakes up, it's Wallace and another guy. So it's him and two guys in bed. Oh, boy. You know where this is going. Yeah, this is going to get crowded is really the problem. But I just I thought that was interesting that they just sort of permeated the number through a lot of little parts in the movie. And I mean, it's not predictable. Like, we're not going to end up with seven dudes in a single bed with with him. That's just that's not going to happen. But. It, it's just that as you go through, the number sort of pops into places that you wouldn't expect. It, just kind See, of an interesting side note there I, with with Todd. I feel like that would be one of the funnest parts of making a movie is trying to insert all this little <laughs> all this stuff oh in there. <laughs> I would love that. So it's basically to write a movie that you can just insert a ton of shit into. Oh, my God. That would be uh, so this, much fun. I think that's the kind of stuff that brings people back. It's that attention to detail that you don't necessarily see, but that somehow you come out of the movie going, I loved it, and I'm not exactly sure why, 
but it's almost like you have these little ends and they continue to be revealed as you come back and you rewatch the movie. It gives you something to talk about and circle back on it. And oh my God, I missed that, right? Uh, another interesting point. We talked about the Coke Zero when he initially begins the movie, right? He's wearing the Zero shirt when he goes to meet Todd and Envy and the band backstage. And again, we're in that place where he's facing his ex and he feels like a Zero. Just just as something to kind of pop out and, and mention, because I hadn't really thought about the Zero until you mentioned it as as being uh, him being not an, not one of the exes, but also potentially being his level of emotion in the moment. And, um, you know, he started drinking Coke Zero after the breakup because he used to drink alcohol. And now he's wearing a Zero when he's talking with her in the back room. Anyhow. Interesting side point. I thought that was just an interesting little tidbit that popped out there. But should we, uh, is there anything before we move on to Roxy? No, I think we have a, the perfect time to mention that when they walk into that after party, mm-hmm. which uh, was supposed to be the after party for the show they were just coming from. Right. There's a big number four in the building. Yep. There's a giant four in the entranceway, the windows across the top of the doorway. There's a giant four. A fucking big it, one. Holy shit. It's, you'd think you were walking into the, the entranceway of the Fantastic Four heroes. It's that fucking big, right? You would think it's that big, yeah. But this is, uh, this is kind of when shit starts to kind of turn south. Like, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of beaten at this point. This is, this is the point of the downturn. We start, we start trans... We, <laughs> we start traversing the realm where we are moving into... The, the low points of the beginning of the third act. But before we get started, let's talk about the alcohol for Roxy. All right, sir. What did you have? Well, Roxy, aside from being a bit punkish, a bit gothish, has a Southern accent. So to honor her Southern accent, oh. I... Uh, I think I know where you're going. Where am I going with this? What do you think I got? Southern comfort? Yes, sir. I'm <laughs> Shot of Southern Comfort. Ah, that stuff <laughs> you know, is gross. Because let's face it, she was a phase, right? And sometimes phases are comfort relationships, not real relationships. And it seems like maybe Roxy was that, right? Yeah. So uh, what did you pick, sir? Well, originally I was going to go with Michter's Bourbon because Michter's okay. rhymes with Richter, which is her last name. Oh, okay. Nice. But then I decided that yeah, because she is the lone woman in the list of exes, I decided uh-huh. to switch over to the Balvenny Pete Week aged 14 years. And part of the reason is that in the last year, I believe it was in the last year, they announced that the current master distiller is going to be mentoring a new master distiller to take over upon his retirement. And the new master distiller is going to be, or is a woman. And Right on. Okay. The Balvenny Pete Week, aged 14 years, is one of the expressions that she worked on. And 14 is two times seven, which is the number of X's. So, gotcha. That was, plus the, it's, it's not a bad dram. Huh. Well, you know, uh, that's, that is a really cool connection. Well, well, well researched for sure. All right. Cheers. Down the hatch we go. Oh, fuck me. Oh. oh. It's awful, isn't it? Oh. Oh, my God. And I'm not even... I just took a sip. Fuck. God. No, uh. 
Oh. Oh. Oh, that tastes like medicine. Oh, that might be only slightly better than fucking NyQuil. Oh, my God. What? Why do people drink that? What do they put that in? I think it's meant to be mixed with other oh. shit. Just, you know. It's got to be because it's. Oh, it's, it's pretty gross. so flame. It's this weird, tangy, sweet. Grossness. Just, That's just the word. harsh. Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, that's just uh, not. Hmm. Oh, that's not my favorite. Nope. 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 First time. I think. Fuck me. Okay. I think I. There is no way I can possibly edit out all that whining and pain. I want everybody oh, to know you. that we didn't cut that. <laughs> fuck off. Oh, uh, you know what? This is sweet. And and almost bitter and harsh, just like Roxy. So this was more perfect than I had anticipated. What did you think of the method of defeating her with like the the spot behind the knee, fingering bit? her knee? That is actually <laughs> that is um, discussed more in the graphic novel. So it feels a little bit out of place in the movie. Okay, it it, it is definitely well, described in more detail in the book. I thought that death by explosive orgasm uh, was possibly one of the better defeats that I had that I had enjoyed. Sure, it was a good scene because then you have you find out what's in the bag that Ramona's carrying. It's that big fucking hammer, hammer the Thor like hammer, and she just fucking right. crushes it. And you know what? You know what was needed in the movie. You couldn't you couldn't just have a fight scene because we'd done that. You needed up the game. There had to be weapons. And she pulls off that belt that is like this whipping sword that is just awesome. It was fucking awesome. And it's not just, it's not her fighting Scott. It's her fighting Ramona. Ramona is stepping up for her man. And then Mo- and then and, Ramona uh, starts puppeteering Scott because he doesn't want to fight a girl. Because they're soft. And I kind of, because they're soft. Yeah. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of get that. Right? I mean, it's, um... That's that's interesting because again he's stuck in this sort of moral quandary because to this point, you know the movie basically says if you hit a woman you're an asshole. We know that because Todd slapped the highlights or or punched the highlights out of, out of her of hair. Knives. <laughs> you punched the highlights out of her hair. And did you notice in that scene that there's blue dye on the floor? Oh yeah, it's like splattered across the floor. But he's like, I don't care if I hit a girl. I'm a rock star, yeah. right? And, and so at this point, you're like, that's, that is a quality of an asshole. We can't cross that line. So he's in this bad position, but he has to fight her because it isn't about Ramona fighting her ex. It's about Scott fighting yeah. so, her so ex. So this is the point where Roxy mentions that the rules of the league are that he's got to defeat the exes with his own hands. So right. that kind of puts into doubt the whole having Lucas Lee grind bro down the rail and just kind of get killed but they did fight with their hands there was punching involved it was a conflict between two the two of them but the I don't finishing think hands move is necessarily at, the finishing move was not by scott I, I don't think i don't think that's a rule per se i think that's like saying you've got to fight mono mono but roxy's not a mono she's a woman <laughs> you know what i mean 
She's a womato, right? <laughs> so I, I think it's metaphorical in the sense, but I think what she's getting at is that he's got to fight me directly, you know, and and they and they accomplish that. But you know, I like that. You know, your your BF's about to get effed in the B. <laughs> she has her foot up, and, and then it's in slow motion, right? You know, and her weak spots under her knee. It's like, how does that work? Well, whenever we'd be alone and we'd be touching and then I would touch. Okay, I've heard enough. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. So, um, Roxy, you know, that that's a short scene. I, and, I, and I feel like the movie is kind of now rushing to kind of get through the second act and it's it's at this point really that we're crossing into the third act I'm glad that the weak spot for his previous people was grabbing their dick. Or I'm glad that it wasn't their weak spot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the weak spot for Scottish, you've got to grab his penis and sling it around. Ah! Please Is stop. there a better weak spot? Please stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, um, Roxy, 